truth is the authority. All right, first thing, bring your A game because I'll take nothing less. I mean, we don't need more regulations. We need far less of that. We're going to have an open and honest discussion, but the numbers are what matter. The facts matter. Forget about the Republicans and the Democrats for a minute. Let's talk about the people. I've lived the American dream, and I want so many more people to be able to live the American dream. My show is what it says. It's common sense. We've jettisoned political correctness. It's principles and policies that work for everybody. I just want to talk about how to fix this country. The David Webb Show. There are lots of new words every year. One of the new words this year is fluorona. You know, there was twindemic before that, but that, I guess, wasn't so catchy, you know, the, the twin and pandemic. But now, because it is cold and flu season around the world, we have fluorona, which is flu and corona. Uh, something that I need a little help defining, understanding, is it real, is it not? Other key questions that have come up from some of you, even on the line right now. Uh, the CDC endorsing booster shots of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for adolescents. And then the questions around testing, is testing the only answer? And uh, even governors being responsible like Ron DeSantis by, well, doing the right things around testing and other actions that are being taken while Eric Swalwell and AOC party in Miami and not in their shutdown states. So I got a lot on the table there. Dr. Nicole Sapphire joins me, my colleague over at Fox News as well. And uh, Nicole, good morning. We got a lot on the table. Good How are morning. You? I'm happy so, to be with you because I love your common sense approach. Well, let's use common sense and medical facts. I'm common sense, you're facts. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that. That's why <laughs> you have MD and I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, oh, to the please. first thing, I, I know it's the pop culture thing, but can you explain what fluorona that we see popping up really is or isn't? You know, honestly, David, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that's happening right now in the media. It's that, you know, they want to... Uh, I don't know if they intentionally do this or unintentionally, but it seems like headlines continue to uh, sensationalize everything. You know, from what we're seeing today is the fluorona, and people immediately are going to think that it is some highly mutagenic virus that is going to put us back in the lockdown again. And, you know, I think everybody needs to take a step back and calm down and realize that fluorona just means that people are testing positive for the virus that causes the flu and the virus that causes COVID-19. We've been seeing it throughout the entire course of the pandemic. Over the summer during the Delta waves, you had a bunch of kids who were being hospitalized with COVID-19. Well, by the way, they also were testing positive for RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, which is known to have a high hospitalization rate in very young children. Uh, but that's not what makes the headlines, right? It's, oh, people are being hospitalized with COVID and you know, and I think it's important that as we head into this flu season, sure, we still don't have nearly as much flu as we've had pre-COVID, but we have more than we had last year. And that's because we've ramped up international travel again. That's how influenza circulates the globe. So as we have come to accept flu season uh, throughout our entire lives, we now need to start accepting flu and COVID season. And it's highly likely if you're exposed to one virus, you're going to be exposed to the other. 
just be to keep a close eye to make sure that it doesn't cause hospitalization rates to rise. But I can tell you before the COVID vaccine, children were being hospitalized from COVID at similar rates to flu. So I don't anticipate it to cause a more severe illness. I'm just a common sense guy here, talk show host, but you know, it's personal practice, but I think about it. What did we do uh, because of COVID even more so as a population, right? Less touching of doors and handles, washing hands, which by the way, we should have been doing all along. I've been doing it for years because of broadcasting. I don't want a cold or flu. It kind of affects what I do for a living on a daily basis. So the practices to me are a big part of this. And, and to your point of it coming back, it's cold and flu season. There's travel, cro- you know, cross-contamination possibilities. The numbers increase. But, you know, our practices keep us safe. And this idea that we're going to die from, you know, fluorona, yes, people will die. That is tragic. But the numbers and the science don't match up the contradictions from the administration. And 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 Dr. Fauci and the NIH and Rochelle Walensky at CDC. So how do we sort through all of this? You know, that's a great question. And unfortunately, you know, we really look to our public health specialists, CDC, FDA and even the White House um, for, you know, quality um, discussions and objective scientific facts. And unfortunately, when you sit and listen to these White House press briefings, is anything but that. It's a lot of jumbled words that don't make a lot of sense. And it has people having whiplash with their heads going back and forth, asking a lot of questions. And then the moment they put forth a recommendation, the second that there's backlash, they say, you know what, never mind, we're going to change it. It's like, well, if science really is leading your recommendations, how, why are you so quick to change it? And unfortunately, um, it seems that science objectivity has been out the window when it comes to the CDC and the White House during this administration, as we've seen external influences, such as the teachers unions that are forming policy, such as the fact that we have a shortage of tests. And maybe that's why the CDC says, nope, you don't need a test. But you know what? If you can get a test, maybe you should test. It's like, wait, what? What does that even mean? And basically, it's just in response to the fact that uh, the administration did not double down and reinvest in testing. They had they put a lot more efforts into the vaccines and boosters. And when the efficacy from the vaccines and boosters rapidly starting started waning and we started seeing a lot of reinfections or breakthrough cases, you know, they, they were kind of dumbfounded like, oh, well, we didn't expect this. Well, yeah, but we should have, because even through the Delta wave, there was a shortage of tests. You know, you look at the actions that can be taken by responsible public officials. And I actually do have a couple of questions here from uh, callers as well, Nicole. I want to get to you. Uh, Governor DeSantis, for example, in Florida, uh, announcing that Florida will distribute more than one million at home COVID-19 tests. Testing is part of the regimen. And of course, there's processing, you know, all the other things that go with that. Are those responsible efforts? And listen, access to uh, rapid tests as well as access to uh, and affordable treatments is certainly going to be the path for the United States to come through this pandemic. It is extremely responsible to do everything you can to get rapid tests to those who need it. Now, that doesn't mean that people who are asymptomatic, no history of close contacts, should be out hoarding these tests. That's the reason why high-risk people or people with COVID 
uh, are unable to find them. And I think that was partly a failure of the CDC and Dr. Fauci and everyone who said everyone needs to do serial tests all throughout the holidays before you can gather. It's like, well, what happened then? You had a lot of healthy, not sick individuals go and hoard all these tests. They're testing daily, twice daily. Who knows what people are doing? But then people who are actually sick and have symptoms are standing out in 25 degree weather trying to get a COVID test. It's not right. So it has to be managed and it should really be managed and tailored to high-risk individuals. That goes for testing, and that also goes for treatment. Yeah, and by the way, on the uh, the announcement that Governor DeSantis of Florida made, uh, they are prioritizing seniors in the state. Uh, they're going to those most vulnerable uh, to help protect them. So again, actions where policy matches uh, what the actions are of a governor. Uh, you know, couple questions, Nicole, and I'm watching our time. I know you're busy. You're a practicing physician, so I know you have a lot of work to do as always. Uh, but I, I just want to give these people a chance to ask. And to Mike in Texas and, uh, and Alex in Wisconsin, guys, write to your question. Please, let's not get into any of the other stuff. You've got Dr. Sapphire here. Go ahead, Mike. I, uh, my dad tested positive for COVID and uh, – trying to find out information where you can get treatment, hydroxychloroquine or anything. We're kind of east of Dallas in Texas. I not know if y'all had some resources we could reach out to. All right, Nicole, uh, you know, trying to find the resources, not just there, but around the country. Mike, good luck to your dad. Let me let Nicole answer uh, what, uh, at least the general thought process, certainly not medical advice. Let's make sure that's out there. Sure. I think a lot of people have the same question. Uh, anytime someone tests positive, you have to think about, you have to think about, well, first of all, you know, are they at high risk for severe illness? And if it's, you know, his father, then he's certainly going to be over age of 55, which would put him at a higher risk. So when you're looking at trying to figure out how to get treatment, the best thing to do is always call your primary care doctor if you have one. If you don't have one, uh, as President Biden says, Google it. But I don't agree with Googling it. Uh, what you should do is you can reach out to your local healthcare system, your local hospital. They usually have a triage line that you can call. Um, urgent care centers, if you are symptomatic, are a good place to go um, to be evaluated to see if you need some treatments. And there's also on the state uh, Department of Health website, there usually list certain places that you can go and get treatment. Now, I will tell you, Early treatment is extremely important when it comes to COVID-19. The problem is a lot of people tend to wait. They wait three days, five days, seven days after symptoms start. And by the time that symptoms have been going on for so long, a lot of those treatments aren't effective anymore. They are most effective within the first few days of symptoms starting. So I encourage you and anyone, if you are positive for COVID-19 and you are at a higher risk um, because of maybe a medical condition or your age, you should absolutely reach out to your doctor, local urgent cares, or other places to see if you qualify for treatments and if you would benefit from it because early starting of treatment is key to this disease. And that point about if you're symptomatic, go into an urgent care. I happened to, I didn't need it, but I went for a different reason uh, a week or so ago. And yes, they were telling people, if you're symptomatic, we will test immediately. If you're asymptomatic, that's not the primary focus. So good point there for you, Mike. Uh, Alex, Wisconsin, right to your question, Alex. Hi. Uh, 
I'm sorry, this might be getting into tinfoil hat territory, but... No, um, Alex, I can't go there. If the question is direct for the doctor, we can go there. If not, I'll put you on hold. We can talk about it another time. Right. It's just a question on um, just what the side effects are for these um, vaccines that we have going on right now. One of the previous callers mentioned something about mRNA, and I was wondering just what that does because he mentioned that it messes with mother nature to quote him directly that was just all right so nicole alex's question is is one that we hear a lot about side effects see alex that's not tinfoil hat that's a legitimate question thanks for that all right nicole side effects uh look the numbers of doses given versus the side effects and all of that aside for the moment what about side effects and how what should we be concerned about Sure. Lo and behold, I mean, there are risks with any medication that you take, vaccine or treatment. Um, But whether the benefits outweigh the risk, that is the decision moving forward. When it comes to the mRNA vaccines, the mRNA itself is degraded rapidly. Um, It's just a little piece of genetic material that the body uses to build an immune response to the virus. So it doesn't stay in your body for long periods of time, it is quickly degraded. And the most common side effects that people report after getting the vaccine are injection site tenderness, you know, where you actually got the shot from, tenderness, warmth. Some people feel very tired the next day. Some people actually have flu-like symptoms. Uh, Children are more often to get a fever afterwards. And the side effects are reportedly more intense after each dose. So the first dose, not as bad. That's because your body hasn't recognized it before. You don't have a strong immune response. Um, The more doses you get, the stronger your immune response is going to be. And that's what is causing the symptoms. That's your body having an immune reaction to that, fighting it off and building immunity. Um, And so, you know, that's really the most common thing. Are there rare side effects that have been reported? Absolutely which is why that nothing should be knee-jerk, nothing is black and white, um, and it should always be a conversation between a patient and a doctor whether or not they would benefit from the vaccine and or the booster. All right, I'm watching your time very carefully. You tell me, if, hey, David, i got to run. If there's a patient, they're more important than me, Nicole. I've got one more. But, you know, point that I want to make, and I've made it on air, I, I got the Moderna vaccine. You know, I made the decision based on the various factors, elderly parents, et cetera, you know, the whole bit. I had zero reaction. You couldn't have told me the difference between getting it pre and post. And, you know, there are many out there who don't have any reaction at all. I mean, do I just scare viruses or what? (laughs) Well, you know, there's a lot of potential reasons why you didn't have a response. Um, You know, some may say, did you not build an immune response to the vaccine? And truth is, that's probably not it. It's just probably that your body just responds differently. A lot of people are actually reporting more intense side effects after Moderna than, say, Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson because the Moderna has a much higher dose than Pfizer. But the bottom line is everyone, every human body is different. Um, It's silly to think that we are all going to have the same reaction. Um, Some people seem to get more sick after the second Moderna or mRNA dose or their booster than maybe they would have even gotten with COVID-19 to begin with. Um, But the good news is it does help provide long-term protection against severe illness. And it really is one of the tools to the uncoupling of severe disease from arising cases. And the more immunity is in our population, the better the country is going to be. I'm just going to go with I scare viruses. (laughs) 
That's <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that could be it. <laughs> Have you got time for one more quick one? Again, I'm watching. I know yeah, your time sure. is valuable. All right, let's go to Thomas in Ohio at 866-95-PATRIOT. All right, Thomas, right to your question. Hello, Thomas. All right, since we lost Thomas there, we'll go to Aaron in Arizona. Aaron, same rules. Go for it. Uh, My wife had the shot back in February. She has fibromyalgia, and it seems like her... Uh, symptoms have just gotten worse. Hard to, hard time sleeping, uh, a lot of pain. Uh, I was just wondering, is it because she did get the shot? Are we seeing data on that, Nicole? Just to that specific question, if you know of it. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron from my home state of Arizona. Um, you know, when we're talking about autoimmune diseases and autoimmune-like diseases. Um, There have been reports that following the vaccine that there have been flares of the autoimmune diseases, um, exacerbation of certain conditions like migraines, fibromyalgia. So it is it is possible that it is a response to the inflammation um, that ensued following the vaccine, because that's what the vaccine does. It actually causes inflammation and your body builds um, that inflammation causes immunity. And so that inflammation may have triggered a flare in the wife or, you know, in various other people. Now, it's it's hard unless we actually run a full uh, study on it, whether to say, is it just correlation or is it actually causation? Well, there's search, certainly enough anecdotal evidence to say that there's a correlation between the vaccines and flares of autoimmune and autoimmune-like diseases. But there is not hard evidence as of yet to confirm that it was the vaccine that was causing it. But, you know, again, every person is different. And so, you know, I would urge her to, you know, reach out to her physicians who know her best to see if there is something they can do to help um, manage her symptoms. Hey, look, I think we just created and wait, And David, show. one more thing I want to say, too. Patients who have these conditions who get COVID-19 also are seeing flares for the same reason, because the virus also causes inflammation. Understood. Nicole, I really appreciate it. That's what I like about us, even whether we're on TV or on radio, just kind of common sense talk. But you're still the expert. Well, thanks so much for having me, David, and some great questions from your audience. Yeah. And for everyone out there, read Nicole's book. I can't say it enough. You've got to read Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19 by Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Nicole, hope to see you on the camera soon or somewhere else. Always a pleasure, dude. Thank you. Quick break. I'll be right back. Nikki, Texas, I see you up there. I will uh, pick you up first. 